um, make it open um, because there's, there's something very prophetic about this chord structure. I know it may sound weird to some, but for me it's awesome. Um, and this song is, is unlocking things. It really unlocks some things in all of us. And, and I was hitting these chords earlier today, and and the prophetic just just pounded me into the floor almost. And so so I want to make it open. If yeah, obviously under your supervision. So so if anybody has something that they need to say uh, from the Spirit of the Lord, that they have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, okay.
But what he sees the fathers do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows himself all things that he himself has done. And he will show himself greater works than these that you may marvel. I think of that verse and I think, wow, what God the Father told the Son and what the Son put within us, that we may marvel at the works that the Father has done. When you think of this circle from the very beginning, you can't stand, just stand. I don't know how people can just stand with the praises of God and just coming.
you kind of get unraveled. You can't get together. You can't get it together unless you have it in the right place in the middle of who you are. And we as a body, that's that's what he wants to get together. Anybody else that I didn't see? Amen. All right, let's sing that chorus. As I behold I am made like you. I am my Father and my Father in me. I am being transformed into your likeness. Even now, man. As I
what else do you want? Jews who were 
calling the Gentiles the uncircumcised, and they had an external form of circumcision. Um, so he, he's, Paul is rightly dividing this, what it used to be. And he said in verse 12, that at that time, when you were called the uncircumcision, and you were Gentiles in the flesh, at that time you were without Christ, and we agree. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And I think many of us would admit that that was our reality. That's exactly who we were. We were in this world. We knew nothing about truly nothing about the true God. We didn't have any real hope. We had thought about going to heaven one day, and that was about it. And uh, we thought by knowing either the Pope, I was born and raised Catholic in Jersey City, New Jersey, in an Italian family. And I thought just because I was Catholic, I knew the Pope, so I'd go to heaven no matter what I did. Boy, was I wrong. Right? And so um, I thank God for conversion. But he went on to say, now. And we can say that out loud to me for just a moment. But now. In Christ Jesus, you, who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. For he is our peace, yes. who has made both the Jew and the Gentile one, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, yes. Yes. having abolished in his flesh the enemy, and the law of the commandments contained in ordinances for to make himself of two, one new man, so making peace. In verse 14, where it said, He is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition. How many of you ever did a DNA test on your body to see what, where your background is? Well, I finally did it. I got to my mid-50s. And so I found out a lot of things about my so-called heritage. They want to charge you more money to know more. But I'm always content with what I got. And so I found out that I was a little bit Jewish, and I found out I was a lot Italian, and I found out I was a little bit of mother stuff. And, and it really, it was, it was pretty cool to find those things out. But um, I love the Jewish people. I have been to Israel. I have walked the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. I have sounded shofars. I have lit up my voice like a triumph trumpet. I have been in that place, and I love the people. But I know here that God's intention was to make both, as you and the Gentile, one new man. Yes. And it's unfortunate that we live in this time where men of God, supposed men and women of God, are rebuilding the middle wall of partition. And they are insisting that there is Jew and Gentile. But we read last night that in Christ Jesus, there is no Jew. There is no Gentile. There is no male. There is no female. There is no Justinian bond free. None of that exists, but everything is in Christ. All things are in Christ. And when that middle wall, when Yeshua came and he took that middle wall away, and he united the two through his blood, under the Father, this is going back to the original intent. God did not create Jews in the beginning. He created man in the beginning. But this is not against the Jewish people. We are not in what they call replacement theology. We are totally engaged in fulfillment theology. That every 
everything is being fulfilled in Christ. So I know that when we meet each other, we see male bodies and female bodies, but in Christ, in the Spirit, none of that really matters. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It is what separates our faith from all religion and philosophy in the world. Only our faith can change our nature and bring us to the fullness of who God really is. And God sent himself into this world to unveil his nature, his character, his reality. And he showed us him. And now the Holy Spirit in our generation is revealing him in us and revealing him to us. And we're, we're, we're working on the darkness of all this horizontal way of living. And we're just craving Christ to be revealed. And I'm that good. So when I think about what Paul was writing, I think about the revelation that was in his mind, in his spirit, as he's writing these things. And he's laboring to get these people to understand this is not about horizontal religion. This is not about you're a Jew and, you're, and we're better than you and, and, and you're cut off. This is none of that. He said that this middle wall of partition was broken down. And it was flesh and enmity, the law of commandments, containing and ordinances for himself. Here's why he did it. To make of the Jew Gentile nations of the earth one new man so making peace. And that he might reconcile both. You see, both the Jew and the Gentile have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the work was to reconcile the Jew and the Gentile to God in one body by the cross. So what does that do for us today? What does that mean to you? The reason why I can fall in love with the body of Christ is because the same spirit of Christ. Because I could look at people and say, wow, I see in them Father's nature. There's an aspect. There is that diamond, that, uh, what would you call it, the facet? What is it called? The facet? It's a multifaceted. And yet in all the diversity, there's a unity of the Father's the oneness of the Father's heart. There's a Christ and in Christ that is happening. And I love this, that we've all been reconciled back to the Father, having slain the enmity by the cross. You know, the cross has absolutely slain forever the enmity that brought division through the cross of Jesus Christ. And he came and he preached to you which were above and to them that were not. For through him, we both have access by one spirit. That's pretty cool. Hello? I didn't know to bind it, rebuke it, bow, I didn't know what to do. Sirens, baby. So, he came and he preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were nigh, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We both have access. You and I have access tonight, this morning, this afternoon, wherever we are in time. We have access to the Father. Yes. We have access to him. 
we really have access. And I think once we understand that, once we get that, we'll never again be looking for people to try to you know, get through to them to get to God. It's your personal access. You have the code. Yes. You have the access code. Yes. It is the cross. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. Time is very short upon this earth. We talked about this yesterday. Time is very short upon this earth. You are getting ready to experience and witness a summer of violence. I know people don't know, but it's starting to rapidly accelerate all around us right now. And what is going to come is a birth pang that is going to shake the earth. And wherever you are at that moment, whatever day it is, when you're walking through the field, driving down the road, doing the dishes, working at your job, whatever moment that you stop, remember, right after the panic, right beneath that is where you have to go and realize, I have access to the Father. I don't need to be afraid right now. If a nuclear weapon is detonated, seven to 15 of them, and maybe cities across this country, the day you hear it, you don't get afraid. You go deeper. You yeah. say, I have access to the Father. Yeah. I'm arm of flesh for my well-being. Yeah. I am depending fully upon my Father, and if I happen to be here when that happens, I'm here for a reason. Yeah. I'm here with a purpose. I'm here with a call. And I know, and if you weren't here the other day when we talked about there are two sides of this story, the two sides of a coin, it's coming. And there is no turning back. We are in something right now that's moving into the kingdom of God, into the spirit. And if you do a U-turn and try to start thinking about saving America, saving any other country on this earth, you are waiting your time. That is not where you're heading. The nations of the earth, all things are heading to a consummation of the ages. All things are wrapping up. And our perspective must be heavenly, spiritual, God, Christ, Holy Spirit. Kingdom of God, internal power, intrinsic value, everything about it is moving forward. Don't look back. Yeah. My wife looked back and she turned into a pillar I warn you today, do not look back. Do not put your energy into trying to save something that God has condemned because this nation has openly blasphemed the living God. It has openly slaughtered 90 million babies. It has openly put the blood of innocent babies on the altars of idolatry and sacrificed the demons and the demonic powers have been so enraged and fueled and energetic because of the bloodshed, that's why your nation is where it is today. Right. And you can play and dance the dirge all you want to with a little songs here and a little songs there. We'll take this to inspire us, but not this other stuff that's keeping us earthly minded yes. and bound to earthly things. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say all that, but I did. God wanted to say Why are you doing that? I mean it from the bottom of my heart, though. I, I know that this is God's truth. I know that God is saying that you and I must rise up and break yeah. out from all of this and start walking in the spirit and remain there. And set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. If you're waiting for a man to step into an office to save the day, it is not going to happen. If Donald J. Trump were ever elected and stepped in that office, you think it created violence when he was the president? Wait till you see what would happen now. You're getting ready to be demonic spirits manifesting because of Rose Wade and 
and I'm only repeating this for those who are not here, because you're here today to hear it for a reason. You're going to see two strains of violence in this country this summer through the abortion issue and the racial issue. The racial wounds of America have never been mollified, have never been closed up, and they are just letting go. They're releasing the pus of that racist reality that's going on in this country. And will it reach Raton, New Mexico, this little tiny dying in the rough, this little tiny place? I believe to some degree it already is operating, and you need to be aware, awake, and alert to what time it is, because, folks, I believe that we are in transition. I believe the body of Christ right now is in transition, and the Spirit of the Lord knows every single one of his kids, and we who are seeking the Lord are in a time of transition of moving from one place to another, from one condition to another, being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now is the only thing that really matters on this earth. It's coming and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Hearing people right now saying, oh, our heart is broken and Uvalde would have happened. What's coming is going to hurt. And it's, it's going to be a profound impact. And you want to be ready for it. Have access to the Father. Verse 19 says, now, therefore, you are more strangers and foreigners. You are not a stranger to the kingdom of God. You are not a foreigner like a guest. But you are a fellow citizen with the saints and of the household of God. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, grows unto a holy temple of the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Amen. 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 Revelation, and I'll close out with this today. Chapter 6. You know, the book of Revelation is one of the most fascinating. If I ever had an opportunity to come back and there were people that wanted to listen, I have been studying this book. I love it. I know I've only scratched the proverbial surface of all of its true meaning and depth, but this book is alive right now. The book of Revelation is alive right now. And you know this whole book really begins in Revelation chapter 1 in the first two verses. It, everything explodes from there. And I'd like to just share this. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, the revelation or the apocalypsis, or the apocalypsis, I would say it, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that word of actually means in possession of or belonging to. So the revelation belonging to Jesus Christ which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Now that phrase right there, must shortly come to pass, the word must actually talks about necessity, conditions that are coming against the people of God. So because the climate is changing and turning in such a degree at the end, there are things that must shortly come to pass. The word shortly doesn't mean like in two weeks when the prophecy was given. It literally is the Greek word entakos. And the word entakos is two Greek words, and is with, and tacos is where we get our English word tachometer. It means with speed. So he's saying that the things that are coming, the things which must shortly come to pass. That word shortly again, entakos, they will with speed 
come to pass. And that phrase there, come to pass, talks about it's the genomai, and it literally means when the stage is set, when everything is ready, and the whole world is now set up, and God knew it from the beginning of time the way it would be. He said, when everything is set, this thing is going to accelerate. And after 6,000 years of human history, after 2,000 years of the church age, we have suddenly come to a moment after all this time, our generation witnesses Israel become a nation. Our generation witnesses the exponential rise of technology. Our generation is traveling all over the world, just like Daniel said. We are witnessing things in our generation, and suddenly everything has spun at such an accelerated rate of speed that suddenly we're looking at things, and the church is being caught off guard. The church is looking at it going, I don't know what to do with this. Information is going so fast, people have lost track of it. They don't know what's happening, but you and I need to know what is happening right now on this earth. And the book of Revelation is the prophecy. It is the foretelling. And it was given to Jesus to give to his servants so that we would know. Jesus was very upset with his generation. They could tell what, what the weather was going to be like, but they did not learn the signs of the times. And he's trying to talk to the church right now. Yeah, isn't it amazing all this stuff that's going on? But what does it mean? Interpret it. What does it mean? It means the stage is set. The king is coming. We're going to have to go through some stuff, but get ready. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Joyful, happy, yes. dark and light. <laughs> you know, Amos chapter 3, verse 7 and 8 says that God doesn't do anything without first revealing his prophets. Is that right? How many prophets are in this room today? How many of you believe you have a prophetic gift, a prophet mantle? Two, three, four, five. Good. It's okay to say it. you over there going, going half there, and I'm thinking, you know, you do have a gift, brother. It's literally there. Praise God. All right, so I just wanted to tell you that before the book of Revelation, if you ever really study it, and you get it from the beginning, it wasn't, it, it was something, and here's the interesting thing about prophecy. The first prophecy of the coming of the Messiah place when? What was the first prophecy given about Jesus coming, the Messiah? It was in Genesis chapter 3. It goes all the way back to the beginning of time about he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel and all that prophecy. It's all designed poetically, prophetically. And then since Genesis, all the time that went by, you go through the prophets, you go through the judges, you go through the kings, you go through all the Pentateuch, you go through all Torah. And what were they doing? For thousands of years, they were prophesying, Messiah will come, the one will come. It took 4,000 years for that prophecy to be fulfilled. So we have a prophecy. We're looking at for 2,000 years. We can't give up and say, oh, 2,000 years old. It must have been back there. Heck no. It's closer than ever before. Now, along the way, there were many men who would step up and say, I'm the Messiah. King David would come. Maybe you're the one. Maybe Solomon. Maybe Samuel. Maybe one of the prophets. One of the judges. There was only one that came. And it took 4,000 years. This prophecy was given nearly 2,000 years ago. And we have been waiting, the church has been waiting for 2,000 years for its fulfillment. 
There's no in history we can go back and say this book has been fulfilled. Not even hyperpreterism can can honestly prove that this book has been fulfilled because Christ is not here. It is not reality. It has not been fulfilled. And yet, the things that are written in this book are being fulfilled before our big eyes, but we're not looking at it. We're not looking through this lens, and we need to look through it. And so when I think about the book of Revelation, is that not only is it a prophecy, not only is 2,000 years. Now, what happens? 4,000 years early, all the prophecy in Ephesians chapter 4, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, God sent his son. In that dispensation of the fullness of time is a Kairos moment where everything and everything is rich and the opportune season has come when God says, now I'm going to send him. 4,000 years meant nothing to him. A thousand years is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years. So God's waiting for the exact right time to send and fill the prophecy of the Messiah. The same is true right now. This Bible actually declares in Revelation 1, and I believe it's in verse 3, where it says, Blessed is he that reads, and they hear the words of this prophecy. We're blessed. And keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. That phrase, at hand, is the egios, and it literally means it is right here. It's the kairos moment. The word gets down into the kairos. It's the rich, bright, opportunities that will come. So I, I just wanted to say that, and a few other things. There's no prophecy in Revelation chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Chapter 1 is an introduction who this prophecy is from. Chapter 2 and 3 is to the root of the church, the seven churches, which represent the roots of an entire tree of life, the church. Those letters are alive today for anybody that wants to read them. They are preparatory. They are deep. They are are spiritual. There's a message there for you and I today. Chapter 4, John, he goes up into heaven in the Lord's day. He's in the spirit. He's there for a reason, to get a revelation and an understanding about what he's going to be speaking and prophesying. God is showing him things. No prophecy, but he does see some incredible things. Four living creatures, seven lamps of fire burning, untold multitudes of angels, and on and on he sees everything. Chapter 5, we finally get close to it, and we have a scene where there's a book in the right hand of him who sits upon the throne. Nobody's able to open the book. John is in heaven. He's weeping because nobody can. What's that book? Well, it's sealed. Seven seals. It's a sealed book. It goes back to Daniel. That he says to Daniel, Daniel, seal up the things that are written. Seal up the book until the time of the end. Folks, the time of the end is here. A lot of misunderstanding has taken place because it was an oh, it was not it was a closed book. But now it's opening that a third grader can actually understand this book. If they want to study it and read it and get a picture and go, wow, this is really happening, it's now available. Now, chapter five. Here's what comes, the Lamb of God. He says, I have the authority because that is the title. This revelation really is the undoing of all things for Christ to come and take possession of what's rightful is. Everything belongs to him. He is the rightful heir. And the kings of the earth and the rulers of the world that set themselves against the Christ against the Lord and his Christ. They're going to be engaged in an undoing. Everything is now going to be dismantled. 
And the saints of God need to know where to be at this time, how to live at this time, how to walk at this time. This is not a time to be mere Christians. This is not a time to act like mere men and women. This is a time to be pressing in, to get that spirit. And that's why these moments are so precious. These moments are so precious today. Some of us never met each other before. We're all over the world. We are God's people. We love God. We worship God. We praise God. And he's wanting to, you heard it today, the Lord is wanting to fully equip each and every one of us. He wants us to be thoroughly equipped. We need to be like we're going on a journey, and we have to have our backpack, and all the provisions we need, we need to realize we're getting ready to go out of this world. We're getting ready to leave. There's a great persecution coming all over the world. There is a great tribulation coming all over the world. And nobody is going to imagine themselves out here. But God has a plan for his people to be able to navigate through these times without fear, to walk in the supernatural power of God, to see God be God again in the wilderness, to open the heavens and pour down whatever is needed for his people. I think it's time for the church to encounter the living God like they've never encountered him before. Yes. The true and living God. Not just highfalutin doctrine, good sounding stuff, but actually experiencing God. And folks, if we don't have in this hour, we're going to die. Well, something is going to happen. We're going to leave this earth. But I tell you what we're hearing this for, we will be alive and remaining at the coming of the Lord. We believe that the Lord is coming in our lifetime. And why not? Everybody else has. <laughs> Chapter 5, this book now is going to, what is in the book? It's the title, it's the prophecy. So in Revelation chapter 6, the prophecy actually opens with the, with the release of the four horses. Now, we're over sharing the pulpit today, is that correct? Are we sharing anything? I don't want to be talking up all the time. If you ever started in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, and I want you to know that I, I want to show you a mystery. I found this out just studying. Revelation 4, 1, listen to this. And you don't have to go to it, but you could mark this down. We go from chapter to chapter. Revelation 4, 1. After this I looked. And behold, chapter 5, verse 1, and I saw in the right hand, chapter 6, verse 1, and I saw when the Lamb opened one of the fields, chapter 7, verse 1, and after these things I saw four angels, chapter 8, verse 1, and when he had opened the seventh seal, chapter 9, verse 1, and the fifth angel sounded, chapter 10, verse 1, and I saw another mighty angel come down. Chapter 11, verse 1, and there was given me a reed like unto a rod. Chapter 12, verse 1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. Chapter 13, verse 1, and I stood upon the sand of the sea. Chapter 14, verse 1, and I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion. Chapter 15, verse 1, and I saw another sign in heaven. Chapter 16, verse 1, and I heard a great voice out of the temple. 17, 1, and there was one of the seven angels. 18, verse 1, and after these things I saw, chapter 19, verse 1, and after these things I heard, chapter 20, verse 1, and I saw an angel come down, 21, verse 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, in chapter 22, verse 1, and he showed me a pure river 
What is what's significant about that? The word and is a connecting word. It's like you're telling someone a story today. Well, tell me what just happened. Well, they were driving the car, and, and, and they hit the car, and then this happened, and they're telling a story the way they saw it unfold. The book of Revelation is not a multi-million piece puzzle that we got to fit in, put all this in there. I believe that God has just laid it forth. He's just laying it out for the generation of simple people that want to know. Yes. Anyways, I just thought that was... Amen. So, when I looked at these, these horses, it starts with the first seal. The word seal, where it says in Revelation 6.1, and I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts they come and see. The word seal, if you did, it's a signet, it's an impression, it's all of that. When you go down to the root, the very root of that word, it means to understand. So every time a seal is open, our understanding is to open with it. There should be an aha that goes on within us to understand. What was this first seal? And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. There's an incredible mystery in this book. No one a horse. And a white horse, what are horses represented of? What do they represent? Again, we go back to Zechariah chapter 10 briefly. In Zechariah chapter 10, says it this way about the horse. What a horse actually represents. And let the Bible interpret itself. So Zechariah chapter 10, verse 3, says, My anger was kindled against the shepherds, and I punished the goats, for the Lord of hosts has visited his flock, the house of Judah, and has made them as his goodly horse in the battle. Horses represent people groups. Here, Judah, the remnant, the sect, the set apart, sanctified in, in all of its spiritual uh, analogy and meaning. Here, he's chosen his flock, the house of Judah, to be a goodly horse in the battle. And then in verse 5, it just simply says, And they shall be as mighty men, going back to this house of Judah, which tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle. And they shall fight because the Lord is with them. And the riders on horses shall be confounded. Now, I take that to mean that the four horses in the book of Revelation chapter 6 are the four horses that are going to open up in each of the end. The end time, the prophecy actually begins with the opening of these four horses. What's interesting about the four horses in Revelation 6 is they're white, black, red, and green. Those are the four colors of Islam. When I was first studying this, I thought, well, that's very interesting. If you go to the Middle East today and you take the Palestinian flag and you look at all the Islamic countries in the Middle East, their colors are white, red, black, and green. That's their color. And this thing supposedly started by a group called Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda means the base or the beginning. On 9-11-2001, there were aeroplanes that were flying through the sky. And what does the horse have? It says that he that sat on him had a bow. A bow. 
The foam is interesting because it means a simple fabric, but it also gets into parchment, which you could read into this, and I want to go a little deeper to, just for a moment, but you could read the Hadith or the Quran, and you could look through the, the, the Bible. You know, this is made up of different paper and different things. But when you get down to the root of the word bow, it begins with the Greek word toxin, where we get our word toxin from, but actually means in, from tikto in the Greek, a woman in travail. It means to produce. It means to bring forth. In other words, the white horse, the release of that seal, the opening of the white horse, is the beginning. It is the beginning of sorrows. It is the beginning of the birth pains. Here in the book of Revelation, God is saying, when you see this event happen, make sure you start looking for everything else to follow. So, one way I've looked at this and, and, and studied it out, whether right or wrong, it's where I'm at right now, and I haven't shown anything differently, I know that there has to be something that begins this process. And this is where it gets really kind of tight, because, you know, who are we to say anything about the timing of things of God, right? Was a nation in the first great empire of Egypt. When they became a nation, they were there. Israel was a gathered people in a nation in the Assyrian Empire. Israel was a nation in the Babylonian Empire. Israel was a nation when the Medio Persian Empire came power. Israel was a nation when the Grecian power came in. Israel was a nation during the Roman Empire. At the Roman Empire in 70 AD, Israel or the Jewish people, Jerusalem, was conquered, and the people were scattered at the ends of the earth. Since that time, they were not a nation. They were a scattered people all over the world. So it appears that all Bible prophecy takes place when Israel is a nation, when they're a gathered people. So since 70 AD, when they were scattered, those 1900 years, even though there was World War I, World War II, there were crusades, there were reformations, all kinds of activities going on within that context. But 1948, coming out of World War II, Israel is now becoming a nation again. 1967, Israel becomes a ratified nation. They are thriving and prospering. We are now in a time where Bible prophecy can commence, if you will. It was like a pause. So we ask ourselves, what one great event has happened since Israel has become a nation? What one great event after 1948, 1967, what great event shook the world that would actually begin as a And to me, it's no doubt the only event that I saw that shook the world coming in the last, in our generation, 9-11-2001. 9-11-2001 shut down everything. It brought in all kinds of what they call the Patriot Act. It began to spy on everybody's income in the banking industry. It was this time where that moment you couldn't go to an airport and walk through it. You got searched and, and, they, and they watched you and, and you had to watch your language and they got the red alerts and orange alerts and all of a sudden this horse, it was given a crown because on 9-11 it conquered. It conquered the two most powerful symbols of American pride, the Twin Towers. They were brought down. They were brought down. And there's a lot of speculation as to who did it, but going with the story right now in the narrative, it was from an Islamic group from the Middle East called Al-Qaeda. They were in business. The Bin Laden family and the Bushes were in business together. Something 
stands out. There's a lot of deception. Nobody knows anything completely yet the way we ought to. But I'm going with Al-Qaeda, the base, the beginning. And so what happens, they cut, they, they the crown for what happened, and then they go forth conquering to conquer. The white horse has left the gate in our generation. The white horse uh, has left, and then it went into London, the bombings, and then it went into Spain, and then it began to move. And while that was happening, this next horse opened. It was the red horse. And it said in verse 3, and he opened the second seal, and I heard the second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat on to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. Let me just shift here now. This is what I believe for the longest time and still do, but I believe there's more to it. I believe there's more to it. In fact, I believe that that white horse, what is it conquering? What weapon is this horse using? And what will this horse bring to the stage? Remember, the stage has to be set, just like this stage. It was built that every little piece had to be set up here. Everything is on the stage. It's set. Well, I believe that this white horse and its release is talking about, and I believe what's being conquered is the world system that we've known coming out of World War II. I believe that, that the order came out of World War II is now under deconstruction. And I believe in 2020 what happened is that everybody shut down, the global elite shut down, they told everybody to go indoors, shut down the churches, everybody get away. They sent their engineers in where there weren't a lot of people watching. They have implemented the final component of the order, and they're going to demolish, they're going to actually cause everything to come down on 9-11. And then out of the ashes of the collapse, a new world order is going to last. New world order will have full control of your financial dealings. It will have control of everything that this present order has allowed us to enjoy. We've all been able to go to a doctor. We've been able to go to the store. We've been able to buy some this. We've been able to pay this. We've been living in a system that gave us freedom. What's happening now? Those freedoms yeah. are being removed. We used to send this primarily for our foes about the land of the brave and the home of the free. Do you realize what's happening in our country? The church has been conquered. And I believe the white horse is going forth conquering and to conquer. Not all, but many are being conquered in their faith. Many are being conquered in the church today as well. Now, I could just keep going on, but I don't, I don't know. We don't know. The red horse. The war horse. They're trying to conquer. They're conquering through their own narrative. They're conquering through propaganda. They're conquering through the news media. They're conquering. Everything's being conquered through them. And they're able to stir things up in violence. Propaganda is a very powerful tool of war. And these things are underway even now as we're speaking. So, where's the good news in all this? <laughs> and what's really amazing, if, and I will now, but if you look at the first horse, the second horse, the third horse, the fourth, 
divorce, the fifth divorce, those five seals, or not the fifth divorce, but the five seals, we have proof that in our generation, those seals have opened. Every single one of them have opened. And of course, when it releases, it's not just one event. They keep writing to the very end. The goodly horse that we look at in Zechariah chapter 10, in Revelation 19, how does Yeshua come back? Riding on a white horse. And the armies of God are with him. The white horse is not an actual horse. He's coming back within a people. He's coming back within a sanctified remnant. He's coming back with his armies to rule and reign on this earth finally at that particular time. Right now we are witnessing all of these beginning sorrows and that's what's happening. Thank you so much for the show. I thought you didn't like my message, so you left. <laughs> 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 There's one seal that I can't find that's open for 2,000 years. And it's in Revelation 6, 12. I'll close out with this. This is, in some way, it's hard to fathom it. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is the only seal that hasn't opened since Israel became a nation in 1948. I, I can't, maybe it has. I have friends that tell me it has. They're telling me we're already into the trumpets. And I'm like, okay. But I, the, the Spirit of the Lord has been putting in my heart, there's a birth pang coming that's going to shake the world. Right. And it's going to hurt. And I'm reading this, the sixth seal, and it says this. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. And by the way, the red horse is a horse of war. It brings division. That's all it is. It, it divides and conquers. It rides. And there's a lot of information behind that. The black horse is economic imbalance. Right now, what's happening in our country, the price of gas is soaring. Food is going to go up. It's going to be plenty, but there's not going to be a lot of people who are going to be able to buy it like normal. That's going to the fourth course, which is famine, hunger, death. These things are already happening in the world in different places, but they're coming to the shores of America. And the American people are not used to this. And they've been told, oh, we're going to be out of here in a preacher rapture. We don't have to worry about it. And as we went over it thoroughly the other night, the preacher rapture does not exist in the Bible. It exists in man's theology, in his mind, his imagination, but it is not a biblical reality. There is no such thing as people, when before the bad comes, they're going to secretly disappear. And everybody that's ever told me that, I've been a Christian for 40 years, a full-time pastor for 30 years, which means nothing, but I have asked every man of God, show me. And he says, it's a secret preacher's lecture. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. There's no secret preacher rapture there. What are you telling people? You're disarming them. You're getting people to not prepare. What are you doing? You're leading millions, millions of people to the greatest disappointment of their lives. And they're going to wake up not equipped. They're not going to be ready. And the love of many is going to wax cold. They're going to betray one another and hate one another. Do you not understand what Jesus said? There is not one. You have to get people prepared in their spirit, in their soul, in their body. You have to get the body of Christ ready, Pastor. Come on. Amen. So this seal says, 
I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth of air, and the moon became as blood. The stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. The heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Now, I have friends that tell me, and, and we love this conversation, by the way. They tell me this, this is the coming of the Lord right here. This is the coming of the Lord Jesus in its entirety because this seal. And I, and I refer to them and I say, well, wait a second. If you go back to the prophets, to the book of Isaiah, if you, if you look at these prophecies, you'll see, my daughter Danielle, sorry, Danielle, you'll see that this exact setting had happened before. I mean, for example, Isaiah chapter 13. Isaiah chapter 13. And we'll just start in verse 6. This is the prophet Isaiah speaking at a time in this earth. He said, How ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt. They shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman in travail. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. The day of the Lord comes rule both with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened and is going forth. The moon shall not cause their light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. So again, you have this, this idea that this is happening in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 10. And then how many of you remember in Luke 21 when Jesus said, the day is coming that men's hearts will fail them for fear what they see coming upon the earth? Yeah. Jesus said that. Yeah. This isn't just Old Testament. And how many of you appreciate the Old Testament? The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 told the church at Corinth not to forget what was done of them of old, so that they would set an example that we would not follow, and if we followed their example, and he brings up all these Old Testament examples. He says, if you follow their example, you're going to pay the same price they did. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 10, says, enter into the rock. You're going to, this is going to be amazing. You're hearing this in Revelation 6. Enter into the rock, hide thee in the dust, for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled. The haughtiness of men shall be bowed down. The Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty, and everyone that is lifted up and shall be brought low. Now, you go back to Revelation chapter 6, and what does it say here? Everything we just read in this seal so far has already happened before. So just because it's ready to happen right now doesn't mean... It's the end of everything. It's happened before. What does it mean? It means it's a time of judgment. Most people today cannot fathom that the United States of America is and has been under judgment. The word judgment in the, in the New Testament, there's three words, the crema, the crino, and the crises. And the word crises is where we get the 
uh, is our English word for crises. And all it means, judgment, all it means is that there, there's a crisis. And if we can't look around our country and see that there's a crisis, then what are we seeing? Are we not seeing a crisis on our land and around the world? I think we are. But then in verse 15 of Revelation chapter 6, the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men, everyone hid themselves where? In the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. We just read that in Isaiah 2. And they said to the mountains and rocks, Fall us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? So what is this? I believe all the warning signs that have been here in our generation, all the birth pangs that we have felt in our nation and around the world, this was called the beginning of sorrows. And there's a day coming, and I believe it's this right here, where the Lord is going to make an appearing. And I don't know what kind of an appearing it's going to be, but it's going to put the fear in the globalists of this world. All these proud and arrogant men that are trying to do what they're doing right now, they're going to see, they're going to know something, and they're going into their underground bunkers. They are going to hide. Unfortunately, that will be a day of wrath that will begin, but they, in their stubborn obstinance like Nimrod, the man of rebellion, wants to build that tower, they're going to come out after this event, and they're going to continue to do their work. And we're going to see all these other things. The world will never be the same again. There's going to be a deconstruction of the present world order. It is going to collapse and out of the ashes. A new world order will come. Satan will be walking on this earth, and he will have an administration for three and a half years. And he will go to war with everything that is called God. And that's not a happy message, unless you know how to get through it. Unless you know who you are in Christ, unless you have the access, unless you walk in the Spirit, unless you know this truth and you're not afraid of it, and you realize this is not against you from God's perspective. Right. This is God allowing these things to take their final form, and it's all going to grow. Listen, it's going to grow. A new world order is coming, and by the time we get there, which could be within a year, it could be any moment. If Russia, if if the weapons start getting launched, this thing will accelerate quick into that war of Revelation 9 and 10. But what will happen, there will be a population reduction. I mean, you're talking, according to Scripture, if we just take it instantly, 4 billion people will be leaving this planet through war, through famine, through hunger, violence, through all these things. 4 billion people are going. Now, if we happen to go, let us make sure that we're ready to go. But if we're here on purpose, to equip the body of Christ to prepare people. What a great job. What a great honor that is. And you prepare people by scaring them. You reveal to them, again, why did God give the revelation to Jesus about things that are coming? And why did Jesus give it to his servants so he would give it to the church, so the church would know? Right. The church would know. We are not in ignorance now about what's going on in our world. We should not be in any kind of ignorance. So when this new world order comes out, when the great tribulation begins, what is the tribulation? And I do want to finish this in Revelation 13, second close. 
You got it when I said you want me to go on. You said yes, so I'm going to go on. All right, so Revelation 15, and all of it, I mean, chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, chapter 6, the beginning of birth, chapter 7, chapter 8, 9, is the beginning of the trumpets, which, if you want to go through it, you know, in chapter there are four winds, four angels that have four trumpets, remember? And you can get a sound out of a trumpet without blowing through it. That's just okay. This is good. I'm sorry. I feel like I did nothing wrong to Why? I don't know. It's just me. I'm wrestling something. It's okay. All I know is the Great Tribulation period begins this way. I feel like I'm taking people's time as well. There's other people that have messages they need to share. So Revelation 13, verse 1, I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns there were ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. The beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power in his seat and great authority. Now, anybody that studied Bible prophecy, you'll find the leper, the bear, and the lion in Daniel chapter 7. They were kingdoms, and they each had a king. And they were in succession one after the other. The lion kingdom of Babylon was followed by the, followed by the bear kingdom of the Medo-Persians. And the Medo-Persian kingdom was followed by the leper kingdom of Greece. But they were all independent. In the book of Revelation, they have all been reunited. We're talking about the gathering together, the United Nations, the one world government, everything from the ancient empire to this day will be regathered, and mostly through, most likely, in my understanding, is the United Nations will be what we know as the eighth beast. In the book of Revelation 17, there were, there, he said there were five beasts that are gone. One is, which was the Roman Empire, when it comes, it will have a short space, I believe that's not the States. Because Israel, again, was around for 1,900 years. And after the short space of the eighth, would come made up of the seven. So that means he's incorporating all into himself. That is the United Nations. And the United Nations just made a decision today of Russia and China just said, no, more sanctions on North Korea. Because North Korea has lost other eyes to be So Russia and the United States, watch out for Russia and the United States. By the way, the, uh, not Russia and the United States, Russia and China, the emblem of China today is the dragon. It's the great red dragon. It's communistic. I think it's going to play a major role in these things. But, verse 3, I saw one of the heads as it were put to death. His wound was healed. My wife, Patricia, believes that was communism. It's making a full on comeback right now. <laughs> and all the world wondered after the beast. All the world. This is what we're moving into. This is what's going to happen on this earth. All the world wanted after the beast, and they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 42 months. He opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war 
with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The entire world who, whose names are not in the book of life, that means if your name is in the book of life, you will not worship the beast. You will not do that. But you will be standing out in your generation as one who does not. Because everybody on this earth, the Bible says it, is going to worship the dragon. You know, worship the beast. And the beast will overcome the saints in the sense of there will be no pushback at that time. Three and a half years, there will be no pushing back against what's coming on this earth. Christians right now that have pushed against governmental powers are not making it through. What is coming on this earth is going to be so deadly and so wrong and so evil that God's people will be in one or two places. They'll be right smack in the middle of it, being persecuted for a martyr, or they're going to be in the wilderness, or they're going to be somewhere that God has provided for them. And God talks about this provision. The next part of Revelation 13 tells us what will happen, and I won't go through the whole thing, but it says in verse 11, I beheld another beast come up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, he spoke as a dragon. He exercises all the power of the first beast before him. And he causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. It sounds like a physical beast, a governmental beast, and then we have a spiritual side. A lot of people think that's uh, the Catholic Church, like when they were the Roman Empire. I disagree. I think this is way beyond that into a one-world religion, and they incorporate everything into it. In fact, Jesus said that people will hate one another, betray one another, kill one another in the body of Christ that will be going to church thinking what they did all right. Look how crazy this is going to be. Now, he says here in 13, this piece, the religious piece, Chrislam, whatever you want to call it, does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. In other words, counterfeiting the word Elisha. And he deceives them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Say to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by his sword, and live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. And the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foot, and that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of the name. And then it gives us wisdom. Let us understand the number is 666, which is an incredible teaching in itself. All I wanted to demonstrate is that if we are in, it's obvious that we're in. We're moving towards something. We're moving towards And all the signs of the times are here. And now we're approaching something, and we have to ask ourselves, well, how do we navigate that? If I won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast, what are we going to do? Well, what you need to do is you need to have communities gathered together under the banner of Jesus Christ and know that God has selected that place. And we need to learn how to grow our own food. And we need to learn how to not become dependent upon the world's system. You have to learn how to barter. You have to learn how to 
dig your wells. You need to find it, but you need to find it in a place that God has ordained because God will protect right. it. Because we don't want to think this way. We want to go to Neiman Marcus and go shopping at the mall. We don't want to think this way. But my God, if this is real, and there's no reason to say it's not real, genuine, it's the word, but is the time right? Well, if it's not us, then who? What else needs to be waiting for? What else do we need to be happening in our world that's already happening? We have some pretty good earth. It's a living organism. You know that? And in Revelation, God says, you touch my earth, I'm like, you're, you're, you're gone. Don't pollute my earth. Don't do anything to my earth. Do you know the earth actually vomited out the inhabitants back in the Old Testament? If the sin of the people was so strong upon the land, the earth vomited out the inhabitants thereof. Do you know we see fires and earthquakes and working and shaking us with a fever or a cold or a flu? Do you know that this mark of the beast, a lot of people were saying the vaccination was a test run. The vaccination was a test run, they were saying. Some people were wondering that that vaccination actually had some stuff in it that integrated into your body that already set something in you that is now interfacing with your phone. Your phone, your iPhone, is already being interfaced with. That's another story. But the vaccination, how many people yielded to it and submitted to it out of fear? Out of fear. Not out of prayer. Lord, do you want me to do this? There was zero witness in me to wear a mask, to shut the church down, to take a foundation. There was zero witness. It, it wasn't there. It didn't exist. So we walked around, not in defiance, not in pride, and we wouldn't wear a mask. We would not capitulate to what they were saying. We knew something was wrong for us. And our church went right through. Everybody's fine. No problems. We grew exponentially. We're doing great. There's a lot of love. And people stood and they said, you know what? We stood together. But we didn't allow the government of this world to tell us to go online. And then when you went online, don't sing because you're not allowed to have your breath go out. It was such a controlling spirit over the church. And guess what, church? Most of the church failed the test. Thank God. A lot of people failed the test. And it's not to put shame on anybody if you did what you did. They say once you take that shot, you're doomed. Because what if it was the mark of the beast, right? So God with everything. And I know people will have views of that. Moment. Our job is to equip the Word of God to talk about things, to share the glory of the moment of what Christ is going to do in the church. I think rivers of living waters are in the flow through every vein in our bodies and the crystal clear river of life is going to touch every cell in our bodies. I believe we're going to be continually refreshed by the presence of God. We're going to move across this land where we're going to stay put, but our only purpose is going to be to sow in people's lives, equip people, thoroughly equip, get ready, don't be afraid, hear the hard stuff. Maybe it's shocking up front. Maybe you don't like it up front, but the fact is it's happening. And all the people who are saying peace and safety, there is no peace and there is no safety. Their words were lies. They were not true. And that is a fact. So people need to hear the truth, and they need to let truth just contain.
defend whatever is in them that they don't like to hear about the truth and let it work. And then eventually what will happen, it will be like walking through. You'll, become, you'll love the truth. You'll look at the world and you'll say, right, this thing needs to come to an end. The Lord needs to allow all this to happen. Right beyond that great tribulation is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right beyond this great tribulation, as Jesus said, Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the tribulation, then again the sun, the moon, stars would be darkened. And then all these events would happen. Then the Lord would come. Then he would send his angels. Then the resurrection will take place. Then we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We'll be with the Lord. And we're going to go with the Lord. He never makes landfall. We're with him somewhere. And then the outpouring of the wrath of God in Revelation 16. Not the wrath of the dragon. The tribulation is not the wrath of God. It's the wrath of the dragon. Yeshua, Jesus, has his own wrath, the wrath of the Lamb. Man has his own wrath, the wrath of man. But the wrath of God is reserved while the church is gone. We will, after resurrection and being caught up, be removed, and the seven vials of the wrath of God will be poured out upon Babylon, the world system, that will have been empowered during the Great Tribulation. And then we get to come back in brand new glorified bodies. That's the story. Amen. And that's all it is. We love you. Thank you. Anybody have questions or comments? Could we ask for that? Does anybody have a question or comment or something you can understand or would like to talk about? So we're all in agreement. You know that's a miracle. <laughs>
God, we just come to you again. Just to be around Put your hands on us. The angels with us as we go out. Here, Father God, today. We just ask you to be with us each day. Seven days a week, four hours a day, 365 days a year. Father, I just ask a special blessing as these folks, as they return home, wherever it may be. Father God, just put your angels around. Put your angels around the beating. The angels, tires. Just get them home safely, Father. We love them, and we're glad they're here. Father, we will always remember after this one. Father God, just bless us as we go through this time. Jesus. Thank you. 
got some great things through it. Yep. But we just uh, raise our food and our bodies today. We want to give you glory and praise, Father, yes. for everything. We just love you today. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. 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 Okay. And let's yeah. everybody invited to see this bucket. Yes. And what I was going to say, if you're for your vehicle over here, I'll load the keyboard so you don't have to. Okay. okay.